You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Join me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And Frank, just like everyone had thought, Torian Prince versus Giannis Adetokounmpo. Who's going to win it? In the end, it's Giannis Adetokounmpo. I would have never guessed. Uh, the Bucks win 122-117 over the Atlanta Hawks. Giannis goes for 33 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks, Torian Prince go, ties his career high with 38 points uh, and eight rebounds and two blocks for him on on the night, and uh, I mean largely a game that man, I, it's a win, so I'm I'm okay talking about it. But man, there was a couple moments in the fourth quarter where I was like, is this is this game really gonna go the other way here? Yeah, I mean the Bucks, uh, the Bucks obviously were not. You know, I guess in late in the third quarter, they had, I believe, at one point a 95-82 lead. That was probably the most comfortable it was. I think that was, I think that was their biggest lead all game. Yeah, um, 13. And then they led, uh, you know, had them at sort of two possessions for much of the fourth quarter. But then the lead kept evaporating. And Torian Prince, I mean, he took 13 threes tonight, four out of 13. So actually wasn't a great shooting night. Um, but it seemed like then he just started anything he went to the basket just he threw up off the glass and or not off the glass stuff was stuff was just going in right um he was just making shots and um it felt um you know when you look at like the box score this game bears a lot of similarities unfortunately to the game that the buck lost in orlando in the middle of the week in terms of you know a bad team that got a career night from a wing uh on wednesday it was jonathan simmons tonight it's torian prince simmons got 35 on them prince gets 38 um and dj aug there was no you know there was not quite a dj augustine performance uh tonight dennis schroeder had uh, 18 points and nine assists on 13 shots which is is good but um he fouls out uh in the latter half of the fourth quarter and uh, as we right before we went on you you know you mentioned i mean is what happens if that doesn't happen not that not that dennis schroeder is you know a, a world beater but certainly um you know the drop off is, is pretty significant going from uh schroeder to i guess what isaiah taylor i guess uh, replaced yeah. him so um so yeah it, it's it, it, this is a game that again i mean you know this streak of of the four games against very winnable or against very beatable opponents ends three and one and you were hoping that the Bucks could go four and zero and start to get right, uh, you know, start to work out some of the kinks we've seen, um, start to you know gel a bit more and, and discover uh, some of the play. And again, not that you know they were ever you know under Joe Prunty ever like at some like astronomically high level of play, but certainly um, 
they started by you know, obviously taking care of business, beating a lot of bad teams. They obviously then came out of the All Star break beating Toronto, and you know I'd say these you know this three and one stretch. I mean three and one is okay, I guess um, from from four winnable games. Um, not shocking that you might lose one of them given you had some road games in there, but um, it, man, it it just didn't feel like you know I mean to to quote a a a great phrase by a former Atlanta Hawk and former Buck. Nothing easy. Um, <laughs> Zaza Pachulia yelling "Nothing easy" on that video. That's kind of what it felt like in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it was just a more of a slog than than you would have liked. And again, you needed Giannis. And um, after slumbering first three quarters, I would say Eric Bledsoe made some plays as well um, to to actually put this game away. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure anybody feels better about the Milwaukee Bucks now than they did you know, a week ago or whenever, whenever this, this stretch started, because, um, certainly a win's a win. It's, you know, they need to win every game any way they can, but, um, you know, doing it this way doesn't really breed a ton of confidence going into these final 13 games. You've got five home games, eight road games, uh, West coast road trip in here, some difficult games. Um, and obviously the way the bucks have been playing it, you know, it's been nice that they've been scoring more points these last couple of games. It, the offense has been kind of rounding into shape even though maybe isn't a work of art but uh, certainly defensively still a lot to be desired and you know I think when you dig into it and you look at some of the guys that are playing right now and just I I don't know I don't know if I'm surprised yeah I I mean they it's just kind of one that you take it in the win column but I think I don't I don't say there's more questions but the same questions still persist like uh, i wrote an article today at ESPN Milwaukee, if you want to check it out. Uh, And it was pretty much just a conversation we had with Jason Terry yesterday. And when we talked with Jason Terry, he had just kind of talked about how right now the, the guys that really need to start bringing it are the starters and that they need more out of the starters that the bench guys know what their role is and they're going to come in and kind of uh, attempt to take care of their role um, coming in off the bench and giving a boost there. But the starters need to set the tone and the starters are the, are the folks that have been struggling as of late. And um, I think since the, since the all-star break, the starters are minus 3.1 going into tonight, minus 3.1 uh, per 100 possessions. And in the first quarter, again, this is really going to take the sample size down. I think it's probably something like 80 minutes or something for the starters um, in the first quarter since the all-star break. And this is getting very specific, but they're like minus 10 in first quarters per 100 possessions. And I mean, I think it speaks to just the fact that we've been talking for the last couple of weeks that when's the last time the Bucks got off to a good start and it just doesn't really seem to happen all that often uh, anymore. And tonight it was the same way. They go down to the Hawks early. They don't take their first lead in this game until four minutes left in the second quarter. And when they come out from halftime, Eric Bledsoe has a couple casual Bledsoe moments and Prunty pulls him like the, yeah. uh, 90 seconds in Prunty pulls him for that reason. And obviously, like you said, in the fourth quarter, Eric Bledsoe kind of made some plays and was able to make an impact. And you want to see that a guy would react to getting pulled early in the fourth quarter or early in the third quarter, excuse me, and 
you really want to see it when they're pulled for Brandon Jennings. Um, like if you're playing to that level that they're going to bring in Brandon Jennings and let him run for, I think it was probably a seven, eight minute, maybe even a nine minute stretch there in the third quarter. And the team's going to play well while that's happening. Like, I mean, I think that says something about the way that you're approaching the game. And um, obviously in the fourth quarter, he's able to kind of correct that. But overall, you're just, to me, looking at a, a big problem. And it's the same thing that we said in Orlando that, sure, like I, I think some people want to kind of protect against just freaking out about one game. But as I said that night, it wasn't about one game. It's about the starters not being right and Again, tonight, I don't think you feel a whole lot better about that, even with Giannis going for 33, 12, and 7, even with Chris Middleton going for 23, 7, and 2, and even with Eric Bledsoe going for 19 and 9. Like, even with all of that, I still think you have serious questions about the starting lineup and what they're doing and how they're going to be able to do it. And I don't even mention the other two guys. Both Tony Snell and John Henson were in double figures as well. Uh, Tony Snell, three for five from the three-point line. John Henson, 11 points, eight rebounds, two assists, a steal, two blocks. Like Even both of them had pretty solid nights in the end, but... Th- you just see them play these bad teams, and this was a stretch of four games against bad teams, and not once was it one of those 40 to 20 quarters where you just tell the other team, you suck, we are better than you, and we are going to beat you down this entire night. And with some of these tanking teams, if you do that in the first quarter, it's over. Like they're, they're just, They don't have anything left to fight for in this season. So if you send that message early, you can do that. And that was what Jason Terry was talking about. And as I think as you tweeted, the message didn't take tonight. Oh, and, and to put some more color around the some of the numbers you mentioned around the starters, uh, I tweeted this out uh, yesterday, but before the All-Star break, the starters – uh, and again, the, the, I'm talking about the current starting group, so not the starters, every permutation of it, but the current group of starters together. 379 minutes, they were plus 110. That works out to 115 offensive rating versus 100 defensive rating. So basically, you know, you're the almost Houston Rockets offensively, at least in terms yeah. of, you know, points for 100, and you're defending at a, at a super high level as well. And again, you know, they weren't the best lineup in the entire league, but they were one of the better lineups in the entire league with those numbers that, that had played that amount of minutes. Post-All-Star break, uh, updated for after this game, they're now minus 32 in 145 minutes. So from plus 110 and 379, um, 145 minutes since then, minus 32 in that sample size. And I think, you know, in terms of the, the offensive rating numbers, um, it drops to a 105 offensive rating and a 113 defensive rating, which obviously yes. is, is, is bad, right? And, um, you know, it's interesting you kind of look at it and, they've actually been that group has actually defensive rebounded at a very high rate over 80%. So it's not like they're getting, you know, killed on the glass. Um, they're just not forcing it, anyone to miss shots. They, exactly. They're not forcing <laughs> anyone to miss shots. Um, you know, I think the transition defense is, has been lacking. I mean, we talked about it after the Orlando game. I think this game again, you know, we saw similar issues. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I know there are, I think some lineups that are being thrown out there by Prenti that, specifically like these Jennings Jabari Thon maker lineups where it's like, <laughs> you know, I think you just got too many uh, poor slash unpredictable defenders all playing together who haven't played much together 
And that seems to be like, and again, I, I don't, it's not to say even that like, oh, that group is like killing you individually because those aren't the starters, right? We are, we are, I mean, obviously the starters are, are a big issue and, you know, you can figure out work backwards. The starters were carrying the Bucks in the first half of the year, the, the pre all-star break period. Um, it's not like the two Bucks as a team are now a minus eight for 100 team overall since the all-star break. The bench has actually been carrying the load on a lot of nights yeah. and actually, you know, offsetting a lot of the starters problems. But that's obviously the frustration. It's like you finally get the bench doing something and the starters who had been playing well for so long, you know, just seem to be, um, you know, just lacking much imagination, lacking spark offensively. And, you know, I think the positive thing tonight and, and the other night as well, granted the Hawks and magic are obviously not the teams that you're going to look at as like, the gold standards for for defenses right i mean you, you want to put up points against those guys but you did you know and i think yeah. that's obviously a positive you know the bucks um you know you look at Giannis putting up 71 points in back-to-back games um bledsoe and middleton maybe not putting together like their their best performances chris starting one out of seven tonight for making five out of his last seven shots um to kind of salvage his night with 23 points on 14 shots nine out of nine from the foul line seven boards um, so, you know, again, Chris kind of salvages that by finishing well. And Bledsoe, for as frustrating as he was, five turnovers, um, still ends up with 19 points on 10 shots, nine assists, a steal, a block, two steals, a block. You know, so statistically, Bledsoe at least kind of came around, put things together. He did something, sim- put it together a very similar line uh, or in Orlando on Wednesday. And it's kind of been like a similar story where a lot of times Bledsoe will have these stretches where he's really frustrating, but then you know, by the end of the game, he still actually like gave you points, rebounds, assists, reasonable efficiency. Um, and you know, was like a plus on the night, but you just feel like you could have gotten something better. And, and so it's been kind of interesting because it's like the starting, you know, kind of like the, the top three guys have been get, putting some numbers up lately, but again, offensively the problem has not been the problem these last few games, especially against some of these bad teams. It's really been more the defense that has been the big red flag. And, um, you know, again, obviously, it, it just doesn't feel like there's any combination the Bucks throw out there that you know is able to lock down the other the other team, right? That you don't get off to a fast start. Yep. Um, they gave up 31 points again in the first quarter tonight. They gave up 37 in the third quarter and 30 in the fourth quarter. Um, but like we said the other day in Orlando, remember how we said Orlando's worst quarter was 25 points? We said, man, if you can just get one good quarter against a team this bad, you win this game. And tonight. <laughs> The Bucks actually got that quarter. Yep. They had a, they they won the second quarter, thirty to nineteen, and the rather the other two quarters were decided by um, the Bucks won the third quarter by two points, lost the fourth by three. So you know it just sort of underscores, you know, especially on a night where the Bucks were scoring points effectively, um, you know, just lock down defensively for six or eight minutes you know go on like one big run to to give yourself some breathing room um and a lot of times that can be enough to you know especially against these bad teams that typically are not going to go on huge runs themselves uh but again you know does this give you confidence going up against you know uh the good teams that the bucks are some of the good teams the bucks are going to face not really but again um you you wonder like given how the bucks have played against better teams they oftentimes haven't been any worse, right? <laughs> like they've, they've tended to lose by by narrow margins, and obviously they've beaten a couple of good teams in, in Toronto and Philly since the All-Star break. So um, so I don't know. I, you know. Again, it just feels like sort of the same issue with the Bucks being a, a team that clearly just cannot bring sort of its full, uh, it, you know, its, its full operation. You know, it just can't 
kind of get to where they need to be. They can't play at the high level of consistency they need to to really just sort of take care of business consistently against bad teams. And um, again, tonight, fortunately, you get a win. But um, you know, again, at 37 and 32, you're a half game up on the Heat uh, for the seventh spot. But again, you know, you, you've got a bit of a mountain to climb here to to move up further than that. Yeah, and it's it, I guess it's all just gonna continue to kind of be interesting as you watch the Bucks try to put together good games against teams that are a little bit better. Like that we we are through now with that four game stretch that we had mentioned where it was gonna be teams that are near the bottom of the league, those tanking teams, like the Bucks are through that stretch now and things are gonna get a little bit more serious and they're gonna get a little bit more serious on Monday night against the Cavs and uh the Cavs don't play a ton of defense either. Um they're kind of struggling a little bit right now. We'll pre the preview them you here just in a second. But um you gotta find a way to kind of get I mean, it's just it's just so strange to see this starting unit with as solid as they had been for really this entire year now post all-star break like pre-all-star break that's two-thirds of the season i know we always call it the halfway point but that's about two-thirds of the season and now in this final third bucks just can't seem to get right uh with their starting unit which is just not great to see um looking at the bench a little bit tonight jabari parker had the two biggest highlights of the night i would say um yep. both of his dunks and it, it's funny it kind of played out like we had talked about uh earlier this week just or earlier at the at the end of last week where we we had mentioned the fact that it's kind of kind of cool that Jabari just is as as athletic as Jabari always has been and he's just going to keep on being that apparently um and he was that guy again tonight he threw one down on I'm trying to think let's see Muscala on one right yeah and then he got the tech for staring down uh John Collins yeah. um giving him like the stink face which was uh you know enjoyable uh it was worth it worth it from a fan standpoint obviously if they lose then not worth it but uh <laughs> in, in, at that moment i i enjoyed it yeah so he, he gets those two highlights and um, i mean i think he was generally solid throughout and you kind of look at the minutes again 21 minutes for him and you wonder are we going to get to a point this season where we see him have much more than 20 25 minutes uh post game i know we talked with him a little bit and he said right now it's it's kind of nice he knows where his shots are going to come he knows where he's going to be able to get his shots and he's just kind of able to find a flow um which is a nice thing to hear but i think always what you're thinking about with jabari is how much more can you get out of him um so that'll be something to keep an eye on thon maker out of nowhere two of two from three tonight um i don't know he was really all that much better defensively uh you already mentioned the trio of jennings parker and maker and uh, i think just about any opponent is going to salivate with the thought of maker and parker being the two bigs that they're going to get to attack because guess what pick and roll time who wants to defend a pick and roll how about you thon what about you jabari you want to because i don't know if either of them are going to do it and if jennings is the guy (laughs) defending the the ball handler well it's it's probably going to be a layup line. Uh, and, and I mean, honestly, on the night, it, they all don't end up looking that bad. A minus five for Jabari, a minus two for Thon, and a plus three for Jennings, who got to benefit probably the most from that third quarter run when Bledsoe was out. Um, but, yeah, with this bench unit, you, the big thing is 
They just have to stay afloat. Or I should say in an ideal world, they just have to stay afloat. Like that's all you need. And if that means at this very moment that they're going to be bad defensively and Jabari is going to put up 15 to 20 points, that, that's probably going to get you by most nights. Like, you can probably survive on that uh, from a bench standpoint, and then you just need the starters to go win the game. Uh, and that hasn't been how it's gone, but um, I thought an interesting night for Thon Maker, the fact that he hit two threes, the first time he's done that since uh, first game after the All-Star break in Toronto, the sixth time he's done that this season. Um, but really the rest of the bench, I don't know if there's anything to to write home about. Jennings was, I mean, just kind of, there uh two points five assists two rebounds like just kind of solid and decent and um jet no points but two assists and two steals and kind of just doing jet stuff um any thoughts on the bench or anything else you want to talk about yeah obviously jabari was kind of the story that from the highlight perspective you know 15 points on 12 shots is, is certainly solid um Again, didn't see him late. I think we saw, I think I think the last was it the last minute and a half of the first half. I think there was a period where uh, they had uh, a Giannis Jabari small ball lineup out there, but um, you know, again, super short. Not really anything that um, I, I don't remember there being a long a long period with that group um, on the court together. And um, you know. We should say, you know, well, I'll 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 hold off on Giannis here for a second because I know we're talking about the bench. Um, kudos to Jet for uh, being on a fast break, and even though he <laughs> might have been able to get a layup, he throws it over his head, and Giannis throws down the monster dunk, reiterating that uh, at least Jet knows uh, who you know butters uh, butters the bread uh, on this team with the collective bread, Giannis. Uh, yeah, the collective bread. Um, Thon. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just nice to see some shots go down for him. Tyler Zeller was out tonight with back spasms, so you know, again, you knew that Thon obviously would was likely to get a shot uh, tonight, and um, you know, nice to see him actually make make some make a couple make both of his threes. Um, did have four fouls in twelve minutes. Um, you know, again, uh, Thon was kind of fun. I thought uh, between Jabari and, and Jennings, um, there was one play in particular that stood out. It was. Um, kind of like a side pick and roll. And oh. I think Jennings was looking, it looked like Jennings, well, I don't even know if I want to give Jennings this credit, but it could have been a situation where Jennings was was looking to ice and <laughs> he was on the high side of the screen. And unfortunately, Jabari was also on the high side of the screen. Oh, so look, there's the there baseline. Was, so there was literally nobody to stop the ball handler from just driving straight. I forget if that was Schroeder or who that was. But um, but yeah, that was kind of like one of those moments, you know, just that happened with Jabari in particular where, um, he just isn't on the right side of the screen and, and not that it's always his fault necessarily. Um, but it, again, it tends to happen with him because he's obviously, um, he, you know, if, if his teammate messes up, he's not going to compensate generally. No, um, no. and he obviously messes up himself, obviously a fair bit as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this is, this is unfortunately, you know, if we talk about defensive issues, um, this is, this is going to be a problem, right? I mean, you're, you're or at least, you know, I, I was just looking. I mean, the Jabari, uh, Jennings, and and Thon have only played 12 minutes together. They're actually they're only minus two, and their defensive rating has been like 100. So it's been yeah. Teams have, teams have not feasted on them, but again, you know, this is small sample against bad teams that, that we've seen that group. So um, I, again, that doesn't really tell us a whole lot, but certainly, you know, 
if you look at a game after game, you know, if you try to play that group against the Cavs and LeBron's out there, you know, you try to play that group against some of the better teams coming up uh, on the schedule, that's obviously a concern, right? And um, I don't know. I mean, certainly if I saw that group, I would be very nervous about playing that group together just because, again, they all are pretty unreliable. But, uh, again, I don't know. I was at least happy that uh, Joe Parenti did not play Shabazz Muhammad at shooting guard with Jabari <laughs> and Giannis today. Um, Shabazz did actually score six points with that group the other night. Um, so it's not like it was like disastrous in practice, but it's just, you know, for a group that you desperately need to space around Giannis and Jabari, like putting Shabazz who wants to basically post up and play in the paint, uh, with them just is just baffling to me. But, um, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and otherwise really not a lot of contributions from the bench. I mean, only three guys scored off the bench. Sterling only played eight minutes. Um, you know, had a very short leash today, as you mentioned, Jet, uh, 12 minutes, neither of those guys scored. So kind of similar, you know, the other night we talked about basically it was, you know, Giannis, Middleton, Bledsoe, Jabari were the only guys who really scored. Um, tonight they get double figures from Henson and Snell as well, as well as a couple of threes from Thon. I mean, you know, basically you'd say that was the difference in the game tonight versus the other night when they give up 126 and lose. Tonight they gave up 117 and, and score 122 themselves. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, one of those games where you know your offense take advantage of a bad opponent, and hopefully maybe that helps you get out of some kind of funk. But you know, thirty-one assists was was obviously nice to see tonight. On the flip side, kind of wonder you kind of wonder like that was pretty. I mean, he wasn't wrong, right? But you kind of wonder like, do the starters like it when Jet comes to them individually and tells them they need yeah. to be better? Like, I don't know if, like, those guys are unaware of their struggles, you know? Um, and that's obviously one of those questions, like, veteran leadership is great when people are willing to listen to it and it works. And then if it is thing where it's like, yeah, we know, dude, you don't have to be, like, veteran leadering all over me all the time, <laughs> then maybe it's not so great. But uh, obviously, you know, as we discussed, certainly from a, you know, getting the starters off the fast starts in the first and third quarters tonight. We didn't see it. Yeah. And uh, I I mean, that that was something I had kind of asked jet. Like, I mean, that's, that's not players only meeting, but it's close, right? Like that wasn't getting everyone together and doing a players only meeting. And I had asked specifically about like, do you feel players only meetings are good? Like, or is it in one ear and out the other? And he said, well, that's, you know, I I kind of prefer to do it individually to talk to them and do that. And I do think that's kind of an interesting idea because I mean, Jets, Jets old and Jet has a smaller role on this team than, I mean, any of the starters do. So it's good that there's someone there to call them on their bullshit which is fine, but well, you're old. So maybe it's not your place. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's a fascinating dynamic. And, uh, I was, I was really, I was really kind of surprised that he told me they had a, a conversation quite as hard as they did. And I was even more surprised that he made his comments as public as he did. So, um, I don't know, just, a, I think an interesting spot. And I think we'll see if the starters get better. You'd mentioned, uh, Giannis and the dunk with Jed, I thought you could see it coming from a mile away, but that didn't mean you could do anything. <laughs> I can't remember which Hawk it was. I think it might have been Schroeder, where he was just kind of 
trying to chase down Jed, but ultimately saw the ball go over his head and then Giannis throw it down. Didn't want to get, didn't want to get jumped over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's really nowhere to go um, unless you plant yourself underneath and get a profit for the t-shirts that they sell. Like it's not a, not a good spot to be. So um, I think we should probably end with a shout out for Giannis 33 points on the night, 12 rebounds, seven assists. And uh, I mean, uh, this is something that we talked about. I, I don't even, I'm trying to think exactly when it was, um, but there was a good stretch there in in January and February where we weren't really seeing steal and block numbers. And yeah. again, that that's that's the very tangible idea of good defense. Like if you're getting those stocks, okay, you, you're a good defender or whatever. And that's not to to say that Giannis wasn't. It just wasn't kind of showing up in these these tangible ways. And now you see four steals tonight, two blocks, and it felt like anytime the Hawks tried to throw a skip pass. Many ill-advised, don't get me wrong, um, but anytime they tried to, th- to throw a skip pass, like someone was going to be there to pick it off, and a bunch of the time it was Giannis. Uh, so four steals and two blocks, I thought that was huge, and uh, kind of a strange start for him as he goes two for two from the three-point line in the first quarter. Um, that was six of his first ten points, and then... I think he was three out of nine shooting to start, too, which was yeah. weird. Like It's like he couldn't make two-pointers, <laughs> and he missed some shots you know kind of at the rim and it was kind of a strange game obviously then he started to get it going more as the game went on yeah so it starts off two for two from three ends up two for six on the night uh so he misses his last four there and uh, again it was just kind of a strange night i don't know if he he had a great feel but i mean it speaks to just how good he is that he's able to put up 33 points on maybe a night where his feel wasn't wasn't the best so um a huge night for him and obviously helps carry the bucks to a win uh yeah and i, and I was gonna say i mean to to the point about the steals and blocks i mean this is part of why I'm I'm feeling somewhat encouraged that you know it, whatever his knee uh, and again not to say that oh his knee's 100% magically now, um, but it, in terms of like what it's affecting him, how it's affecting him on the court, you know you look at like the steals and blocks numbers and how important he is as far as being a playmaker defensively. Now, granted, obviously the defense is not great right now. <laughs> Let's no. not to say that, but it starts with Giannis and you know in in um, December he averaged. Well, let, let me go back. So November, the first full month of Stevens, he averages 1.8 steals, 2.3 blocks. December, 1.7 steals, just 0.7 blocks. January, one steal, 1.1 blocks. So you can kind of see those numbers kind of trending downwards. And you know, and then he has late January, he has that string of of game days where he has the eight days off. And you know, February, March, 1.2 steals in February, not huge, but 1.8 blocks. And then in March, so far, eight games, two steals, two blocks per game. He's also averaging 28.3 points per game this month, um, taking 20 shots per game, which is the most he's taken since November when he also took 20 shots per game. And, you know, again, you look at his his scoring averages, um, you know, by month, uh, 33.7 in seven October games, then 26.5, 29 even, 27 even in January, all the way down to 22.6 in February. So that was kind of obviously the low water mark. Um, but he's back up to 28.3 in the month of March. And, you know, interesting, you know, obviously his, his free throw attempts, considering his free throw attempts have been reasonably constant with the exception of February, average six and a half per game this month, back up to 9.3. Um, but, but especially interesting, too, to look at like his, the, the fouls drawn per month. And this is actually, this month, is actually the most fouls he's drawn per game in any month at 7.8. 
Um, he was at 5.6 last month. Previous high was 7.4, which is the average in of October and January. So that's pretty interesting to see. Obviously, not all those fouls are um, shooting fouls. Um, he's also shooting the most threes per game in any month. This month, 2.4, he's made 37%. So obviously, that's encouraging and shooting a little over 50%. So um, again, you know, we'll see, right? I mean, but but obviously, you would have been, you know, very concerned if he comes into the month of March and you know continues to struggle to sort of stay at that very high level offensively because, you know, again, we're a month away from the playoffs and right now the Bucks are staring down the likelihood of playing one of the top teams in the East. And that means they're going to need Giannis to play massive minutes for them to have any chance of competing in a first round series. So, um, you know, again, uh, we're only halfway through the, through the month of March, but certainly um, it's been encouraging to see Giannis really, you know, elevating his game, especially from a scoring perspective, but also from that seal and block perspective, starting to make plays defensively. Cause you know, again, I, I think the rest of the defense obviously is not picking up the slack, but certainly when you get Giannis playing at this level defensively making plays, I think it does obviously give you, a chance at least to to beat teams and uh, as you said you know you got Cleveland coming up here on Monday uh, you're going to need Giannis playing at this high level in order to you know potentially steal some games here down the stretch all right looking at that Cleveland game quick uh, we're recording here on Saturday night and both trying to get done with this uh, even though we are nerds and losers and actually recording here on a Saturday night um but looking at the Cavs, fifth in offensive rating this season, 28th in defensive rating. Um, I mean, that's kind of been the story of their season, that they just have, I mean, no clue of what they're doing defensively. Um, even with someone as brilliant as LeBron, they're just not able to figure it out defensively. LeBron has, I mean, gone through spells of not giving a shit. And, I mean, it is it is showed. Uh Tonight they played the Chicago Bulls, um, and it was, I mean, a mash unit on on both sides as no one really ended up playing in that one. The Cavs pulled it out 114-109. Uh, so now since the All-Star break, they have won six games. They have lost seven games, um, and now they've, uh, let's see, lost three of their last five. Only wins coming against Phoenix. Uh earlier this week and then the bulls tonight. So this is a Cavs team that, I mean, doesn't look good. LeBron looks good a lot of the times. Um, but that's about all they got going for them right now. Um, and I, I don't know. This is, this is kind of just, a like I said earlier this week, there's, you look at the schedule and you look at the names on the schedule and you think, man, there's some really brutal stuff here. But then when you dig a little bit deeper, it's like, okay, maybe the Bucks can steal that game, even with the way that they're playing. Like maybe they can steal a game against Cleveland um, in Cleveland on Monday. Yeah. And certainly, you know, they had obviously a ton of turnover that, um, you know, has presumably made, you know, the, the likelihood of them being able to kind of pull this all together and play at a really high level, obviously make it a bit more complicated, but, um, you mentioned the mash unit tonight. Ante Zizic starting for Larry Nance. Um, Jose Calderon starting. Um, I know Rodney Hood was out. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, so uh, Kevin Love has been out, obviously, with his hand injury. Um, Rodney Hood out with the lower back strain. Kyle Corver was out with personal reasons. Um, Nance, right, hamstring hornness. Uh, hornness. <laughs> Soreness. <laughs> Uh, Chetty Osman left hip strain and Tristan Thompson right ankle sprain. So, um, we'll see what the likely, you know, we, you know, obviously we'll know more on Monday as far as are any of these guys going to be back. But, you know, certainly with, uh, with all those guys out, 
um, that obviously gives gives any team a better chance of, of pulling off and up that you know starting five we saw Chicago LeBron with Jeff Green Zizic George Hill and, and Jose Calderon so um, yeah I mean this again is a, a Cavs team that obviously has not been playing at a high level obviously the Bucks have also not been playing at a high level but um, again you know you look at the the number of guys that have been out for them presumably at least a few of those guys are going to be out obviously loves going to be out but um, if a few of those other guys are out that means that you're pressing you know guys who play big minutes or maybe even don't play at all typically into uh to major roles and uh you know i think if you're the bucks i mean geez you you got to start creating some breaks for yourself um winning in cleveland would would obviously be a a great way to start all right we'll see uh kind of how that goes but that is going to be it for us for tonight the bucks end up winning 122-117 over the Atlanta Hawks. Giannis 33-12-7. Middleton 23-7 and 2 assists. Eric Bledsoe 19 points, 9 assists, and 3 rebounds. Jabari Parker also 15 points in 21 minutes off the bench. So uh, Bucks get a win. Wasn't pretty. Probably I could describe it as ugly. Um, but again... In these four games, you you really just hope that the Bucks could pull out all four. They only get three of them, but still, uh, they could have they could have lost this one. There there was moments in this game where that could have gone the other way. So Bucks win, and we will be back here on Monday after the Cavaliers game to discuss that. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you on Monday.